We are live. Mike, you know I love a purple sweater, Mike. You know I do. I I wore it just for you. actually I I was supposed to wear red, right? It's it's Valentine. Let me let me uh, show the. Oh my the gosh. Valentine's. Erica's got the hearts going back there. Wow, so nice. So Come I don't on, know, folks. I don't know what I was thinking. I I go and put a purple sweater. <laughs> well, I feel like purple is still in the. It's still kind of a Valentine's Yeah, I'll make up for it. I'm going to even... I'll move over a little here just to get the heart in there. (laughs) Look at that. There we are. Perfect. All right. Now I feel we've got ambiance. Now we've got the Valentine's. We can identify (laughs) what today is. It's Valentine's Day 2021. One. Derek, we we messed up on something. What? What's that? We didn't say anything on our show about our one year anniversary which was on february 4th that's right what is, we did what is we did mention this why, why do guys forget anniversaries <laughs> <laughs> what is it like we, we we had a one year anniversary and we barely even cared about it it was i know we, did. Was, we just mentioned if you, it if immediately you, forgot if, if your social media didn't remind you of a post that's a good point I would, I would not never I would have never even thought <laughs> I think somewhere like a year like a year and a half into it I would have said you know I, I think we've been doing this a year like, oh, oh, I yeah. guess when oh, did yeah. we start and we would have been like uh, I don't know let's let's, like let's check the file oh. I don't know <laughs> but here we are February 4th was our one year anniversary I'd like to say happy anniversary Oh, hey, happy anniversary, Mike. And I'm going to also say happy anniversary to my wife, Erica. Today we are 21 years married. Oh, my God. What, did you get married in 1990? We Is got, that the math? <laughs> we got, oh, man. We got married. <laughs> Imagine that would be 30. Oh, no, wait. No, yeah. No, that, wow. that math is wrong. 2000. The year 2000. 2000, yeah. 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 It so is yeah, 2021, Derek. That's, so yeah, that's pretty so, simple math. So it's it's one one year anniversary. It's that's interesting. Ten days apart is the content content anniversary. It's February fourth, <laughs> so we're yes. one year. And then there, you, my marriage yeah. anniversary is February fourteenth. Mm-hmm. So, Events of equal importance. Am I yes, <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So. <laughs> I know it's hard to believe, and we always do. Uh, you know, we have a little feather in our cap about this, Mike. Is that we are not technically a quarantine podcast. We did record first episode February four. That's admittedly earlier than I yeah. would have thought it was. Yeah, February fourth. Um, Don't you guys? <laughs> Johnny Scott, congrats on twenty one years. That's a whole grown person. Yeah, your yeah. marriage can can vote, Mike. Your yeah, marriage can right. buy a beer. Can today. buy a beer today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> we we can. You can do that now. So we're gonna go send our marriage out for beers now. Yeah, because you're gonna have stay to home. Anymore. We're just gonna, gonna <laughs> deliver it to us. You hear a knock on the door. It sounds like I'm like I'm married to Amazon all of a sudden. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, in a way, so we pretty much all are. We all are, yeah. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, February four, Mike. We did that. That uh, one of the only content content episodes, unfortunately, to be IRL. Um, yeah. Boy, we were just a couple of kids back then, weren't we? We didn't know what was going yeah, we, on, what was going to come out, what, re- how it was going to be. <laughs> oh my God! Actually, we, speaking for myself, I've grown a whole lot in that year. Damn it! Yeah, I know. Uh, I, quite frankly, I was a different person back then. <laughs> quite frankly, yeah, me too. 
to be quite honest, between between the, the pandemic, um, between doing the show, the show mm-hmm. the show kicked me into reading gear. Me too. Me too. Um, Again, I always say after we did f- the first five episodes of this, I was like, "Yeah, that's all I got. I gotta." Yeah, that's all the wasn't things that I have something? To say. <laughs> it really pushed it pushed me. Like, um, yep. Either either I was gonna keep repeating things, which was like everything I absolutely have have gathered, right? Or I was gonna go gather some more stuff somehow. You know? Yeah. It was so kind of funny. Forced me to dig in a little more, which has been, uh, I guess, selfishly beneficial. Heck yeah, uh, you know. Um, but also, yeah, I, I should actually uh, to uh, the loyal content content fans uh, go back and listen to episode one because, to our credit, actually, there are some I think good things in there, and that's where we establish uh, a, a fundamental content content concept, which is the selfless selfishness, um, which was a real and really kind of like revelatory the way we came up with that as well. Um, in so far as we didn't know. Uh, where we were gonna we're gonna get to, um, and yeah, I can I can picture it well, Mike. <laughs> so who knows? Hopefully someday, and I, I do hope that uh, we will be able to in person episodes. Wow, at we, some point we we thought that this was gonna be just a, a bit. Remember, and we were like, oh yeah, we'll do we'll do it now, and then you know when. You know, in a couple of weeks when we get back, well, you know, we maybe we're trying to come up with ideas of how we were going to do it and stuff. Yeah, so it's really yeah. something, man. This 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 thing just totally, I mean, beyond surprised everybody. I think I, I'm definitely not the only one. I think everybody's feeling just blown away. The other day, I you know, I I was just like, wow, telling uh, Erica that, um, you know, just in a little while, it'll be a year. Like of official quarantine, you know. Yeah, we are rapidly approaching that. Yeah, like of of like a legit, you know. I think it's was it in March maybe. I want to say that early March or um, late February. It was like March thirteenth. Yes, good one. Yes, I believe I I as a matter of fact had my first comedy show that I was producing at a legit comedy club was scheduled for March fifteenth. Oh so man. Cool. Talk about just, a career stopper. I just stopper. missed it. <laughs> Man. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I'd like to, before I forget, because once we start getting going, I'll forget. Um, well, I'd probably forget if we didn't. But, uh, <laughs> but no, and I want to thank you because, man, you've been doing some great stuff. Um, you know, the reading the book, the interviews, um, you know, just awesome. And, and I want to just encourage everybody you know tune in um it, the book for, i mean i've i've read the book by Ooh. alan watts and uh but man i love the way you read i i was listening to you do chapter three and it, it was i was getting stuff that i didn't get um i mean you know how it is you read yeah. a good a good book you can i think you can probably read it 20 to 30 40 times and still find something you didn't find before Mm-hmm. And um, you know when you were reading it, it first of all it was fun, it was entertaining, and I and I was nice because I like how you stop at some points and you kind of talk about it a little bit, or you even refer to the show and you know you know we've spoken about that and and you'll you'll uh, you know get into that and and it's it's great because 
it made me see some things or maybe something I thought of a little bit when I was reading it that I didn't really get into too much. And I think mm. that's actually a benefit of listening to someone else read a book that I never thought of before. Because if you read it, it's one thing you listen to an audio book, they're just reading it. But mm. when you listen to someone read it and then they're sort of putting their thoughts in between it, it's like getting a whole nother perspective on a book. Yeah, yeah. Which I is mean, cool. First off, thank you for saying that, Mike. And that is kind of how I see it is like uh it's a little bit of an expanded kind of audiobook mm-hmm. where um yeah, uh it's not just a straightforward thing and I do try and tie it into the show and you know, we've talked about the book a bunch before. Um and honestly, there's things that I am getting out of it too, of course. And like you said, you know, you can read a book a uh, uh, hundred times and get different kind of things out of it. Um, and honestly, I've had a lot of fun with it. I mean, first and foremost, I'm doing it selfishly because <laughs> I do think it's fun. <laughs> well, that's why it's good, right? There we go. Selfish, yeah, selfishness. And I'd like precisely. to put something else that you reminded me of, and, and I want to say it now because I don't want to forget it. Hmm. We're working on uh, the intro for the show. You know, we've never done like a a video version of an intro, everyone out mm-hmm. there. And it's it's a pretty cool. I didn't want to put it up yet because... It's in beta, but it's looking great. It's looking cool. I, I'm enjoying <laughs> it. And there's, there's funny aspects to it. and But it didn't have anything from me and Derek. And I was, I was just thinking, since we're talking about the early episodes, we're talking about our one year, mm-hmm. I would like to find the clip where we were talking about... Um, we were like, what... I don't you I don't know if you remember which episode it was. It may be first, second, I'm not sure. But it's one of the mm-hmm. very first ones. And we say, um, man, you know, we, we have this really fast life and we're always on the go and we don't get a chance to think about these things, the stuff we want to talk about on the podcast. And you know, and we were talking about our lunch, and then we said, Yeah, but what would it possibly happen in the world for everyone to slow down? <laughs> And we couldn't oh, think of anything. We couldn't think. We literally, we, I There's mean, we looked at each other. nothing. We were like, what could it be? I don't know. I, I think we mentioned war, other stuff. And we we're like, yeah, but we don't want that. And we're no. like, so we'll stay. And then we, we ended up just like, I guess there's not going to happen. So we're going to have to figure this out without that. And then the whole world stopped. And I think that's I pretty don't cool. Say, I don't say we caused it, but. Um. Hey. You know, if we if we were if we were starting a cult, we'd probably do that. We'd probably Definitely. say, you know, we you know we are and we are uh, you know, and we we'd take that, that and we'd, we'd recontextualize it and and we'd start to scare people and and uh, you know put fear of God into everyone and absolutely and uh, and and then you know then we'd get the the, the tithes and offerings. That's right, and I look forward to that. <laughs> Yeah, it's Sunday morning. Yeah, that's you know that's funny. That's how I felt too when I woke up this morning. Yeah, you know, hey, I felt the same way. Especially given it's a Saint Valentine's Day, uh, it's an important one. And uh, this is somebody from my private group. I don't know who it is, but hello, good morning. morning. Yeah, well, uh, thank you for saying that about the reading series, there, Mike. Uh, We will be back Tuesday evening, of course, with chapter. Four. And I will say just a little caveat, a little advertisement that, you know, you can jump in at any time. Um, there are, uh, 
each chapter is really kind of its own um, yeah. essay, let's say. Um, For sure. So uh, don't feel like, or you could go back on YouTube and watch watch them all. I do think I'm going to have to redo the first chapter for anybody out there who check that out. Because I think uh, I tried to do too much on just one computer and my computer couldn't handle it. So Well, <laughs> listen, I'll tell you, you've, you've um, you know... I don't want to embarrass you here because I'm like praising you so much, but <laughs> you've really improved like from first to second it has to third, better. man, like it's, and it's like very exponential. Like it, you could see the beginning, you were figuring out second, man, by the third one, it was like, and it, it, you know what I like about it too? It's like, I, I'm sure I like to read, but it's kind of fun to like be lazy. Yeah. Well, and let, you know, let you read. Exactly. You know, Derek reads it and I then can't. you even... At, to a certain extent, I'm not even, you know, I'm doing my own automatic analyzing of something like, wow, I never, and then you'll jump in with your thoughts. So it's almost like, it's like revelation through conversation, but like where you're doing it within your own psyche, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then I'm getting that and then I'm getting my own too. So it's like this little gumbo that happens which you would not get by just reading a book on your own. So it's kind of cool. I, it's it's an interesting thing. I like I'm I'm getting a little scientific about it, but yeah, uh, I think it's pretty I, damn cool. I hope that you are correct about that, Mike. And um yeah, you know, uh, people are busy. Um a lot of things going on. Maybe you don't have time to sit down for 2 hours and take a chapter. So let me do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm listen, I'm all for it. I, I'm loving it. Love and uh, thank you. Thank you. On the heels of that, too, I would like to thank our Wednesday guest this past Wednesday, Zach Kandaji, dear friend of the show, for joining me in a nice little discussion. Um, and that being said, I'd like to jump into a couple things here, Mike, if you'll allow it. Yes, please. Um, so last week we were talking about uh, one of the things we mentioned was uh, we really jumped off from uh, a quote that Issa had brought in. Um, where she was mentioning, you know, maybe the most important thing that we can give another person is our attention. Um, that truly listening to somebody might be the most compassionate thing we can do. Um, and, you know, I had brought up the kind of the difference between listening and hearing. Well, you know, you can hear somebody. Ah, yeah, I hear you. But listening requires like uh, a level of compassion, a level of openness to truly like understand not just what someone's saying, but how they're saying it. And there's Issa. Good morning. Just mentioned her. Um, uh, understand not just the words that are coming out, but the context, the intent, and where this person's coming from. So then, you know, we had talked about, well, that's, you know, I like to think how we do this show, Mike, um, is we have such a, 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 a baseline of compassion and love for one another that we really can listen to each other quite well um, because we're not trying to get it over on one another. We're, not, we're never arguing on the show. And yet we make progress, I like to think, um, towards a deeper understanding. And, uh, you know, the, the question then becomes, okay, well, look, that's easy to do amongst friends, you know, Sure, yeah, you have a good, everybody has nice conversations with their friends, and maybe they reveal something, and that's great. But, um, oh, this is, this is great here. Look at Rights and Wrongs podcast. You have to understand to agree, but you don't have to agree to understand. Whew, 
Ah, love that. Yeah, I like that. Um, I mean, we might have to. Uh, thanks, Rights and Wrongs podcast. I know. Subscribe we, to Rights and Wrongs podcast. Yeah, we might have to steal that. <laughs> <laughs> and Hopefully so you haven't copywritten that because. Uh, <laughs> The question is then, like, well, how do we bring that level of compassion and understanding to every interaction that we have? Because obviously that's much more difficult. Um, and it makes me think of a story I've mentioned uh, weeks and weeks ago, but, you know, Ram Dass uh, in the 70s put out a, a series of albums. And it was his lectures and stuff like that. I think it was called Love, Serve, and Devotion. And his dad, who was like a, a Republican, uh, I think he was like, you know, on the board of a railroad or something like that, says, you know, wait, Rich, how much are you selling these things for? And Ram Dass says, you know, just a, a little bit more than it costs to make them. And he says, you know, Rich, you're putting out like, it's like a five album set. You know, you could make a lot of money off these things. And Ram Dass said, well, dad, um, Remember that uh, case? Uh, his dad was a lawyer, of course, as well. Remember that case you did for Uncle Richie uh, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, that was actually a pretty tough case. I had to do a lot of research for that thing. Yeah, well, um, how much did you charge Uncle Richie for doing that? His dad. Uh, Rich, come on, he's family. You know, well, I'm not going to charge him anything for it. And Ramda said, Dad, that's my problem, is I can't find anybody who isn't Uncle Richie. <laughs> that's awesome man i love that one and so obviously that is uh something worth working toward um is seeing everyone you know another ramdas story briefly was uh his guru maharaji in india um one day ramdas very frustrated because of course the guru is a person who not just uh, praises you but more often in fact pushes you challenges you Ramdas very frustrated, was like, look, I'm sick of all these goofy little teachings. Would you just tell me what it is I'm supposed to do, and then I'll do it, okay? And his guru said, love everyone and tell the truth. Which, of course, the obvious retort is, well, the truth is I don't love everybody, okay? <laughs> but that's not the love that his guru Maharaji was talking about. He was talking about the fundamental basis of compassion that exists in society in every moment. The mere fact that people go to a grocery store and they stand in line and wait their turn, that is a tremendously compassionate act. Because by all measure of history, you should walk into a grocery store, take whatever you want, kill anyone who got in the way, and leave. <laughs> <laughs> there is compassion all over the place. Yeah. And so when you might feel X, Y, and Z about your neighbors, but when a meteor is coming towards Earth and you're hiding together underneath a rock, you're turning to that person saying, are you okay? All right, let's get through this. That's yeah. that deep level of compassion, which is always there. We just need to maybe focus on it a little bit more. So that's why I brought up Zach at the beginning of this. Is Zach and I had a nice discussion about well, it's nice to be, you know, we constantly talk on the show about like a lack of community, whether we're so individualized, atomized nowadays. Well, Zach and I are in the New York City comedy community, which is a community uh, insofar as, you know, there is a community that exists nowadays. However, what corrupts that is what uh, corrupts uh, so many other 
things in this world is is the business side of it, the com- competitive side to it. Of course, some of that is natural, but let's be honest, it's juiced by the American value system. And so as much as you are a community and there's a certain level of um, we're in this together kind of thing and we're doing a similar thing so we can work together and learn mm-hmm. together, there's also like, look, there's only four spots on this show. So yeah, yeah. I better get one, you know? So don't don't text that person. Screw that person. I don't like this person. And this competitive kind of thing. So, but what Zach and I were discussing, and Zach, to his credit, he really is a person who uh, walks the walk, talks the talk. And Zach said, you know, I feel like our purpose in life is to spread love. I, I really think that's, if there is a reason why we are here, that's it. Yeah. Mostly because that's what feels good to myself, to anybody else. Um, so I'm gonna jump back to rights and wrongs here. English is a limited language. If I'm not mistaken, we only have we only have 27 words for emotions, where others yeah. are hundreds. That's another. We should jump back to that at some point, Mike, because we've been yeah, talking a little actually, bit about language uh, lately too. To to go into synchronicity, I actually I've been reading a, a book on Native American spirituality, oh, good and for I you. wanted to read something exactly about that so rights and wrongs podcast stick around because little <laughs> synchronicity going on here uh your comment is is right uh where i was thinking of going in a little while so thank you um, for that and so um yeah zach truly is a person who's who's very kind he's always been super nice uh to me and to, to anybody i've seen him around and so he really walks the walk. And, and I do think he has a great point. And something we've been talking about, of course, on the show too, is if there is a point of life, yeah. I think it is that God is love. That we are here to bring yeah. compassion and love into the world. And so I just want to read a quick passage from actually the next book that I decided I'm going to read on the reading series, which is going to be A Return to Love Um by Miss Marianne Williamson. How did I know that um, was going to be it? I had to do it. You know, I had to do it. <laughs> I, but this I, was, by the way, I I, uh, I purchased it. You did. Yeah. Fantastic. So man. I'll be going. I'll probably doing be doing that one with you. You know, like you'll be know. right. You'll be right along with me. I'll be watching um, it and reading it. <laughs> you get double time on that. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's a, it's a little bit long, but um, I think there's we can kind of really pick it apart from a number of different angles. This is a. Really, when I read this, it like took my breath away a little bit. Um, and this is a pretty succinct um, illustration of the principle of how God is love. She says, God as love is constantly expanding, flourishing, and creating new patterns for the expression and attainment of joy. And isn't that true? Like, there are constantly new ways and new things to be excited about in your life, interpersonally or materially even. Yeah. There's all these new kind of fun new things, ways to be connected, ways to be stimulated, whatever. Mm-hmm. When our minds, through focus on love, are allowed to be open vessels through which God expresses, our lives become the canvases for the expression of that joy. That's the meaning of our lives. We are here as physical representations of a divine principle. To say that we're on earth to serve God, again, sometimes people get upset with uh, some of the serving God, prostrating kind of thing. To say that we're on earth to serve God means that we are on earth to love. 
we weren't just randomly thrown onto a sea of rocks. We have a mission to save the world through the power of love. Yeah. The world needs healing desperately, like a bird with a broken wing. People know this, and millions have prayed. God heard us. He sent help. He sent you. Which, yeah, that I think really, really illustrates the principle of, wow, well, God is love. That's a thing people say. What does that mean? Yeah, you, you, that's, that's really uh, interesting because that is, that is a message that exists, right? The one you just read, which is so powerful. Um, I've heard it kind of in different ways at different times. And even in, in, within the Christian community, you hear that. Mm. But it reminds me for some reason of, you know, remember the, the, the book I, that I sent you, The Paradoxes of Jesus, like one of our favorite books? Oh, yes. That one, I'm, maybe I'll have to take one, that one on. Maybe oh. give you a break, like somewhere in the middle of the year. Oh, that would be fantastic. Because I love that book. You know how much I love that book. It's a great one. Um, and the thing about that is there, there's a part in there where he kind of he insinuates if we just listen, you know, to this, this strange man of the easy yoke, this, if we would just listen to this simple gospel instead of this complex, twisted, you know, people doing all these uh, con- scriptural, textual contortions and bending it in every way to try to control you and manipulate you to do what they want. Mm. And what, like, it, you know, what you just read reminded me so much of that idea of if we'd only just go for the golden rule, if we'd only just, you know, take the, the you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and just, you know, which is like the Beatitudes and, you know, mm. bless those who curse or love, love one another, that this, this like vibe of love, right, of, of, uh, putting others before yourself of this is this thing and not twisting because the, the, the danger to me um is people take that stuff and they'll say they tw- and this is what you know where i come from in the cult it's like these beautiful concepts and they just desecrate them you know like that's what's so, what's interesting is like that is so holy like what you just read to me mm. it's so holy and why i have this um you know these alarms go off all the time to sh- to show the other side is because you know people we we desecrate that because of our own selfishness because of our own ambitions like you said the money comes in and ruins the community the mm. and uh it's counter you know this this self this real genuine selfishness not the selfless selfless that we talk about but this genuine greed and selfishness just kicks the crap out of out of what you just read true it just does and it's like if we would just and we know and the thing is we all know it but systemically institutionally that it's it's like it's it's like i'll give you an example uh, a quick example um did you have more because i didn't want to jump in too hard here nope that's all i got um a quick example is uh one time i met a guy and I was like deconstructing, you know, all, all the bad religion that I had been through and, and the cult and everything. And I met a guy and I had told him, I mean, I had gone from the intellectual Christianity, the, you know, the manipulative, the from Spurgeon to whatever, to 
the whole thing. And mm. and I ended up where like the paradoxes of Jesus. The simple. I threw it all away. And I said, it's the simple. The love one. It really is. After you go crazy and you try to figure things out. And I felt like that was it. And I was telling there was there's a preacher who helped me a lot during that time. His name is Wayne Momblau. He's got this show called Let's Talk About Jesus. He doesn't have a church. He's been on for like 40-something years. And he has this super grace-filled message, this uncomplicated. It's like when you when you put him on and you're in, in, in a cult or something and, you, and you're looking for Jesus, it just soothes your soul. It's just like, oh, you know? Mm. Yeah, it is about love. It is about grace. It is... A, Oh, thank you for saying this. So I said that. That was my favorite guy to someone in a Christian circle. And he made me feel like he he made me feel like I was just an infant in the faith. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I used to listen to him. And then he, you know, I guess he was at a place where he got more complex. He got into you know, let's talk about this or that and you know, I don't want to even say a bunch of big words for no point right now. So it would just it would just ruin the conversation. Um, I want to stay simple. And, and that made me realize, you know, that that is the, that's the trap. It's like, oh, yes, love one another. Oh, good boy. Good boy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's how cute. That's your favorite guy? You're, you haven't <laughs> learned anything yet. That's so nice for you, you know. Soon you'll get into the real meat, you know. And this, right. the irony is in those spiritual circles, the, the, what they think is meat, it's not. Yeah. They think meat is, you know, hair splitting. You know, mm. is it uh, is it transubstantiation or is it, you know, Arminianism? Is it Calvinism? Is it, you know, this hair splitting? They feel like that is the this the this real. intellectual pursuit. Mm. You know, this pure intellectual pursuit of how to from manipulating people to understanding scriptures and on and on and on. They think that's the that's like the high epitome of of being religious, you know, like oh, I can I can, you know, let's proof text to each other and I'll win because I'm smarter and I'll explain to you what that really means. Ha 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 and I'll, you know, and I'll quote church fathers and we'll go to you know, we'll go to Augustine and we'll go to Thomas Aquinas and you know, I'll take you all around and I'll and I'll make you look foolish and like a dunce. They think that's the epitome. Right. And it's not. It's not. Yeah. That's why Jesus is be like the child. Be mm-hmm. like the child. Child is excited about everything. People think being like the and that's the thing. When you come from this uh capitalist, ambitious, um oversaturated with success yes. mindset, that's just cute foolery. You know? Like <laughs> it be is, like a child. It, yeah, it's the yeah, exact yeah, opposite yeah. of what they were professing. Yeah, to you'd be. be like a You'd be like a child. Okay, great. You know what I mean? That's, you know, but really, that's everything. If you could actually be like a child, be excited, be excited about everything every day, be excited about the, everything's new, everything is possible. Um, I mean, that's living, you know, and it's, it's this life. And um, I think that trying to, you know, to be this like, guy in the middle of Alexandria with your with your coat, you know, with your big toga or whatever the hell they were wearing. And just just shutting people down, you know? 
Yes. <laughs> it's like that. Do people be- realize? Yeah, that becomes this, this, this proselytizing. This, you know, this, this soapboxing. It's it just decimates things. You know. Uh, mm. Let's see what we got. Uh, righteous rights and wrongs podcast. Sorry about that. I feel a lot of people see themselves in others. However, they interpret that you are all the same, all on the same path. Not that we are all human. Um, yeah, that's uh, something you know we we've kind yeah. of touched on before, Mike. That um, you know the the spiritual path is so individualized. It's so individualized. It's, it's very difficult to tell anyone else what to do. Really, yeah. at any point. Yeah, you I mean, can, you can certainly have an opinion, but it's like ultimately you just up can't. to the individual. You just can't. It's unique. We're all unique, just like everyone else, and <laughs> every path is completely unique. And it's it's an uncharted, unbeaten path, and you have to go inward to do it. So you're over there with your machete in your shit, you know, in your crap, in what, you know, what what messed you up growing up, just, you know, and, and, and you're not listening to everything else. That's the, that's the real spiritual path. You're going in, you're going in and, and every, everything is out. It's out. It's, you know, it's these whitewashed tombs Jesus talked about. It's just, you're dead inside, but outside Mm -hmm. you're phenomenal. (laughs) <laughs> everything's just, perfect everything's <laughs> gravy well to, to jump back a little bit mike because uh, you uh, said you know to a person who hears god is love and pushes back on that f- from a religious standpoint like you said yeah um also i think commonly yeah people who are atheistic secular whatever uh would push back on the god is love thing for the same reason of like look that's for babies okay yeah, yeah. but i'm like, like can you imagine what the average wall street banker thinks when he hears the phrase god is love i feel like you're an idiot yeah. that's not how this world well, works okay yeah and it's one um, of those one of those things and and you want to say well no it's actually this or you when you look into the text or when when you if you even honestly sometimes it's like well when you study how lions are you know so cutthroat and well in a pack of gorillas there's the hierarchy and there's the alpha male and he's good and we're all based on this and we're the same thing as that so yeah and complicated 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 here's why here's why here's why which i'm no expert but i think that's what like lucifer does <laughs> you know try and trick you with all these words and stuff um it's why we need the devil that's correct <laughs> as you said all the great wisdom is so simple if we could be like children we would have a sense of wonder and a sense of compassion constantly that we do not have largely as adults yeah and uh, yeah, I remain that it is true that the deepest wisdoms of life are simple. All the answers that we need to find are already out here. It's that there's too much noise and too much language, too much confusion that makes you feel like, oh, God, we don't know anything and everything's horrible. And oh, no, we, we've never even. Oh, folks, we're getting the glasses out. Now we know, now we know we're getting real here. <laughs> that was a dramatic reveal. <laughs> Of the glasses. <laughs> I gotta not. I gotta start not wearing my glasses. So I'm like, you know what? Let me check something. Actually, hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> For those of you who my listen on, 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 you know, on Apple or Spotify, <laughs> you gotta come check us out one day. It is. It yeah, is kind true. of funny because there's a lot of stuff you're not gonna get, and it's it's fun. To, <laughs> I, I'm gonna dare say, listen. You know, I'm not trying to toot our own horn, but it is a little bit fun to watch. 
It's great to listen, but I think it's a little fun to watch. True. Plus, you can comment. You can always jump in. Yeah, and I Um, want to. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Go. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So, I want to just jump back to uh, rights and wrongs podcast comment, which is English is a limited language. If not mistaken, we only have twenty-seven words for emotions, where others have hundreds. And it, 27 seems like a very small number. <laughs> it is. It is. And and also, I'd like to add something, too. I believe it's true. but That the... Because you know me, I got like... my One of my pet peeves is splitting thinking. That's right. Absolutely hate it. Um, with a passion. Uh, <laughs> but I think a part of... Like what I'm starting to learn is a part of our splitting thinking is part of our language. It's because, you know, and I'm going to read this, and, and I just wanted to say that before I read it, just to give it some context. And, and everything we, we've, we've been talking about, and even this comment, it's, it's all leading in this direction. So I'm, it's a little, it's like half a page. So, And there's two paragraphs, but they really hit on these things. Mm. Unlike European languages, which center around nouns, most Native American languages are dominated by sophisticated verbs. Some, some, Algonquin, probably beat that up, but that's a tribe. Verbs, for example, have over a thousand endings. Picture that. Running, we've got runnioning, runniosning, runnimisnamom, runnilimalam, runnimitamin. Imagine a thousand of those. Quite impressive. That's pretty sophisticated, you know, for, for what people, you know, we, we used to call Indians, you know, Native yeah, right. Americans. That's pretty damn sophisticated. I would um, say so. These languages portray a world of flux and change. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. Flux love and change. This is not splitting thinking. This is not dogma. This is not a fixated thing. You know, it's either this or that. It's either love or hate. It's either X or Y, you know. It can't mm-hmm. be both. Right. No, that's not the language here. Uh, and I, I love that. These languages portray a world of flux and change. Things are like temporary whirlpools in a flowing river of constant movement. That's, I, there it that's is. so nice, you know? That's what, that's what Watts calls it, that's by like, the way, a whirlpool. Yeah, that's it's like a warm coffee. It's just, ah, this, just listen to that. It's just, oh, doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that, doesn't that yes. feel like you're in the right place, you know? Mm-hmm. Gosh. Things are like <laughs> temporary whirlpools in a flowing river of constant movement. Names, like the objects they represent, are not fixed. An animal's... This is so cool. Check this shit out. An animal's name may vary from season to season as its coat or plumage changes. So your name as an animal changes depending on where you're at in your life as an animal. Oh, that is cool. That's man. freaking that is cool. so cool. <laughs> Talk about being in tune. Talk about being in, you know, remember the seven-year thing? I, I think um, Oh yeah. Uh, David, David brought, that up. brought that up of us changing. When I, and then I brought up what my dad told me about that. That's right. There, you, there it is. It's right there. A person's name may alter as they progress through the initiations of their life. So our names change as we progress. It is said that a man's life flows from his name 
like a river from its source. So your name is not just this fixed, you know, that's what I want to emphasize here. For them, your name is not this fixed thing. You're Mike. That's it. That's who you are. And, then, and, and we, you know, like, we're, like Watts likes to, to say a lot too, you know, we're who people told us we were. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. So, so your name is the name we gave you. Yeah, you didn't pick it. <laughs> who you are is who we say you are within the, within the family. Mm-hmm. You're, you're this. You're the quiet one. You're the this. Right. You're the that. You're the troublemaker. Con- Mm-hmm. Constantly reinforced, and if you like step outside of your shoes, you're like, "That's not you. That's not the real you." There you go. Now, this this is completely different. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. Objects exist only through their relationships with each other. Definitions are not rigidly held, but kept open-minded, like the sacred circle of the Blackfoot, which is always left partly open to allow in the unexpected, or honor a forgotten spirit. Unlike Western logical thinking, I love this line, unlike Western logical thinking, with its mutually exclusive dichotomies, mm-hmm. Native Americans thought stresses, Native American thought stresses, interrelatedness across categories, placing everything within the context of the whole. And this is, this is the killer to Western thinking. Get ready. For the logical mind, for example... Something is either a chair or is not a chair. (laughs) But in a world seen in constant flux, a chair is a tree on its way to becoming broken bits of firewood. And I think that is it. That's like you talk about, you know, the bomb I never added because I, you know, I just like to talk about doing stuff. (laughs) <laughs> but man we'll get that soundboard going one day that needs that needs bomb 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 yeah right right that's because everything it, it it illustrates a point so well <clears throat> you know um maybe somebody's like it's a chair look i'm sitting in it it's a chair but that's but what about we fight about you, that's our public <laughs> you just described our public discourse Derek. Yeah, yeah, i don't exactly. mean to interrupt you but i just want to say you I just described our public discourse that's right that's right. And it's, I think the, the idea is like if we were to have that level of understanding about something even so simple as a chair, it would require an overall conception of life to be much more uh, like a holistic approach. Yeah. Where, and this is a Watts thing too, honestly, where he talks about like uh, uh, it isn't so much that you are a human as much as you are humaning. That uh, we are all not necessarily, an, he says it's, it's a very similar thing. We're not necessarily nouns as much as we are verbs. Mm. We are a process. Yeah. Uh, we are a whirlpool where there's a center, but the things that flow in and out of it change frequently. Um, that's, uh, I, I really dig that, man. I really, really dig that. And, and to think that, uh, of course, like you said, you know, the idea that uh, Native American peoples were... Uh, not as intellectual oh or God. not as smart as like, a, you know, obviously been proven wrong time and time again, but um, that's a tremendous way. What is the book that, uh, what book is it that you're reading there, Mike? It's called, I'll see if I I'll put it up here for anybody watching and then I'll read it for people listening. Uh, it's called Thorson's Principles of Native American Spirituality. Wananiche, 
and Timothy Freak. Uh, Freak, I don't know how you say his last name. It's F-R-E-K-E. And then it says, the only introduction you'll ever need. It's it's a nice short read, mm. uh, and it's wonderful. It's not like very, it's it's a lot, you, you know you know how I love uh, the, the book I mentioned, Paradoxes of Jesus. You know how it's not very wordy. And even, even you know what's, those great books, it happened to not be too wordy. Even Watts, although he, his mind is just magnificent to me. True. The way he gives it to you in the book and in anything else I've read, I mean, they're not big, fat books. No. They're just these potent pieces of information. It's not very concerned about laying it out in a, in a way that takes you over here, takes you over there, you know, like, and, and wow, and oh, my gosh, you. he's amazing, you know? It's not <laughs> about that. It's just like someone who got these, this information and they, it did something great for them and they just felt, I've got to share this. Mm-hmm. This is just great. And that's how this book is, is too. It's not really like, you know, and, and that developed from... It's not that. It's just like giving you these jewels like, that you can work with right now, you know. And, and I like books like that. Uh, me too, man. And I also think, again, you know, the deepest wisdom are, are simple things. They don't require 10,000 words to say. It's just uh, like something your grandma says a lot. And actually, it's the most deepest wisdom you could possibly find. Yeah. And in terms of seeing, this is, again, kind of a Watts thing, but, but it's right in line with what you read there, Mike. Um, that uh, I think in chapter two in the book, he was mentioning how <clears throat> we we think the whole world is, we, you know, we have this automatic model of the world where it's all these individual oh, little yeah. nouns, let's say. Everything's a noun, and they're all bashing their head against one another, and we have to control it. We have to desperately destroy our environment to uh, to conquer it so that we can get what we want. Sorry, um, but damn it, the arrogance, right? Go ahead. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, by the way, we're destroying the entire planet by trying to do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> no small price to pay. In which we uh, mocked, we mocked the natives for exactly you know, how, right uh, the 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 very genuine way and natural way they saw things. Like right. if you cut all these down, we need this. Right, right. Let's ki- if we're gonna kill a buffalo, let's use every possible part of it and yeah. like honor it as we are eating it. Yeah, me- as opposed to. Yeah. Uh, Childishly and uh, uh, um, childishly killing them all and just you know, getting rid of the whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Insane. Um, colonialism has brought us into the Kali Yuga, the age of destruction. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, when we have this automatic model, it's all these little bits. We have to conquer the nature. Um, we think that there's causes and there's effects. Mm-hmm. They're two very different, separate things. One's a cause, one's an effect. Now you're talking, Derek. <laughs> now we're getting into science. And um, it, Watts describes it as a person who's looking through a very narrow slit in a fence. And this person sees a cat walk by. So they see the head first, and they see the middle, and they see the tail. So they're like, okay, I got it. The cat walks by again. Head, middle, tail. One last time, head, middle, tail. So this person who's looking through the narrow slit says, okay, so when you see a head... It causes a tail. And so when you get ahead, yeah. that's the cause. And the effect is a tail. When they don't yeah. realize that, well, if you knock the fence down, it's just a cat. It's all one thing. Yeah, it's all I love that analogy. Motion. That is such a great analogy. And, you know, to think that, 
we talked about this a couple weeks ago, like a truly selfish act is not possible because you cannot do anything that does not affect anyone or anything at all. That's You will yeah. have some ripple effect mm. somewhere, even if it be small, and generally I think it's quite larger than we uh, realize or are willing to admit to ourselves, well, I'm just going to do this thing for me. But you might be hurting someone else in doing that. And again, a party you might know that would be choosing to ignore it. Um, that this incredible interconnectedness of this thing the universe, God, life, um, needs to be reckoned with and needs to be honestly uh, realized if we are to live peacefully, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, I just love that image of the, the head-tailed cat, as, as Watts would put it. Um, oh, yeah. And, and, and it is true, too, Mike. Uh, it's very interesting what we're circling around here, just about language. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, I'm a big fan of, of Dick Gregory. Um, he passed away a year or two ago. Uh-huh. He's a very important comedian, uh, civil rights leader. And uh, I listened to a lot of his uh, sort of radio show appearances later in his life. And one of the things he said was he talked a lot about the universal God. Mm. And... Um, he said, you know, when I get off on a plane in Japan and I can't read a single sign there, I know language, that language, the universal God did not put that there. Because if I, if not, if all people can't understand it intuitively, yeah, that's not from the universal God. Um, which I think is an interesting point. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, and, and it is true that Every certain languages are more complex than others. The classic example, of course, always is that you know uh, that Arctic peoples have all these different words for s- snow. When the Aztecs were like rain, snow, wetness, sleet, it's all just one word. <laughs> the climate, <laughs> the climate's nice down there. Like we don't really, you know, wasn't important. It's really not that important. Um, I think the German the Germans have like five different words for anger or something, all these different kinds of anger. I don't know, I may have made that one up, but um, it is interesting, and I, I believe that's what uh, I suppose the field of linguistics will kind of get into is what culture sees what term is necessary. But ultimately, it is quite limiting. Uh, it, it's a bit of a paradox, I suppose, that... It's limiting in the sense that there's too much of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off on the deep end here. Please uh, do. So, it made me think of uh, the the story of the Tower of Babel, um, where you know all the languages were confused, and part of it was from ambition. And then I, I've never thought of this. This is this is one of those revelation to conversation moments where like um, never looked at it this way where. Perhaps it was, you know, why do you need a separate language? Well, to keep what we're saying away from what them from them knowing what we're talking about. Yeah. So it's sort of a competitiveness. You know, I mean, listen, I'm not saying, you know, that some obviously some people never got in touch with these other people and they made their own language. I don't I'm not I'm just saying make believe what I'm saying is a myth just to prove a point. Um, the 
there is a sense of ambition, you know, keeping even even uh, sometimes uh, little friends will come up with their own little language. So they sure, can be in class and, be, and, and say something and then no one else is like, you know, they add something to the beginning of it or they come right. up with these little codings just to keep us separate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in that story, there's this like push to ambition to, to, to raise up this tower, you know, to God type of thing. The languages get split from their ambition. And I think there's a lot that can be gleaned from that in, in a sense of, you know, this war amongst each other using language and then having completely different language so we disconnect even more from who we're one, you know, and, and you know, this this kind of, you know, this can spring up the, like you said, you know, uh, you know, why we need the devil. The the if if there is like a a devilish thing at play here, it certainly is that because the more we believe what I th- see as a myth that we're not one that we don't affect each other that they've got their language when this guy shows up he uh you know dick gregory when he gets to to japan and that revelation he had i believe that that is uh that is more in tune with what i'm following which would be love unity oneness not separateness just distinctiveness needing each other affecting each other being connected to source that whole, you know, na- Native American type of vibe where the body is just a shell of the earth and it comes off, but the spirit is still there. You know, this unseen world um, being real. And um, language is, is a, it can be a uniter and it can be a separator. And I think that it's, almost, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, it reminds me of like even the Bible because some people, as we're seeing on this show, um, are led out of religion through the Bible. Yes. Um, and, and some people are, go down the rabbit hole of more dogma and religion through it. And I think language maybe can be a little bit similar because language can, let's, let's put aside the, the scriptures for a second, language can also be a uniter or a divider, but I think it depends on the lens you're looking at. And it's actually beautiful to see people like like the Native Americans who saw everything connected and building a language upon that versus the language that we're using, which saw disconnectedness, uh, a sense of separateness and ended up, you know, in, in uh, trying to dominate much of the world and how even if it didn't start out that way, maybe it started out differently, it ended up being used that way. So maybe even its original intent could have been different. And that's why I True. saw a similarity with the Bible where, mm. you know, it it may have had this, you know, but then, you know, biblicists, you know, this is, you know, this and this is that and trying to, you know, impose this very strict literalist, you know, teaching of it to kind of get their hooks on people um, versus language too. You know, like we can, if I say a certain word sometimes, which is why words start to become out of style, you know, yeah. you say, you say something. So, you know, like, like we talked about safe space, 
Mm-hmm. There's so many things in our society that once we use it so much, it loses. It's a first off, it loses its original meaning because it's been repurposed by so many different groups from where it started, mm. and it becomes useless. Truthfully, and then we have to come up with a new word to say the same thing because that word doesn't mean what it means anymore. And then you have words like when when Watts is is using words in the English language that mean five different things. Right. You know, that's that's an interesting one, too. You know, like a, the same word, which mm-hmm. is why people um, like, for example, a, a Spanish speaker learning English is perplexed. Yeah. Because they're like, what? The, are you serious? Like, there's nothing like that in <laughs> Spanish. So they're like, that means this and then that. And then for the plural, on this specific word, you can't just put an S. You have to use a whole nother word. Like, there's no complete... Um, I guess I don't know. Rule that that there's always exceptions in this situation and that situation, so people find it a, a complex language in that way. Um, uh, rights and wrongs agrees. By the way, I agree. For example, the UK has a huge gatekeeping by language culture in higher academia compared to the US education culture. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Thanks. And uh, yeah, I didn't know that either, but I, I do believe it. And hey, Jose, he's getting What's ready up, to do Jose? his show. Good yeah. morning. Courage um, to continue, guys. If you want to go, right. go for program. jump on okay. jump on Jose's page. Uh, he'll be streaming it live with Ivan in just a few minutes. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you, it's a good point, Mike. That um, and gosh, yeah, uh, it's a question of like who is it that's often. Um, let's say uh, inventing new language or using tons of words, like regular middle and lower class people have always spoken, like have in my opinion, use language to the proper extent, which is to communicate how you are feeling. But isn't Mm. it often, and look, I I understand like uh, education academia is important. We've had very important breakthroughs and I, we obviously can't drown that baby with that bathwater. However, uh, I'm I'm reading this book I mentioned last week called The Culture of Narcissism by Christopher Lash. It's very good. It's very dense. It is. He's basically criticizing uh, almost every aspect of modern culture. And I'm understanding most of it, but um, <laughs> I just kind of think that, like, look, I'm a guy of let's say average intelligence, maybe on a good day above average intelligence. And I am struggling uh, to get through this. But I mean, it's like, uh, the you know, you just read I two know. paragraphs uh, yeah. and you're like, I yeah. didn't, I I know didn't, I didn't understand any of that. Yeah, I've been there. But, but what I am getting from it is very deep and very important, very profound. And I, it, it may, again, maybe I'm just an idiot, but <laughs> what it, it does, cons- it, it, the thought has occurred to me mm-hmm. that, if this person thinks this social criticism is so important, I know where you're going. Why wouldn't they put it in such a way that people, it was uh, like highly accessible to people? If there is a very Ooh. clear message about, well, this is bad, we shouldn't be doing this, have you noticed that this is this way? Wouldn't you want to put it in such a you're way that the most the amount of people could understand it? <laughs> Wouldn't you, right? And he, and you know what's been, and I was on the same wave as you, 
and and I and you just cracked it open because here's here's the thing. Um, maybe it's not for us. Well, I'm just throwing yeah, that out there. I'm not trying. Yeah. Listen, don't start a conspiracy channel on my behalf. <laughs> I'm just. It's just a, a sentence. And I said maybe. I didn't say it is. But maybe it's not for us. And maybe, because we, we happen to, we, we, I don't want to get us in trouble because I'm not supposed to talk about anything related to uh, where I work. But I work in an international uh, organization. Let's put it that way. That's right. Probably the biggest one there is. I think Safe so. to say. And one thing I've noticed and this is this is bouncing off of you because the experts of everything walk around in the building I work in. You name it, the experts are there at some point in a room talking. And I've heard plenty of them talk. And uh, I'll say the language I hear them using, words, particular words. I'm not even going to go into what words, but you hear because I don't, I don't want to go away from the message here. You hear these certain words in the hallways. You hear these certain words inside the documents. And, and it's my first time hearing them used that much. Then next thing you know, I'm at church. They're using those words. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm watching TV. They're using those words. Hmm, that's interesting. So these holders if you of language because mm. they're at the top of the language food chain i guess they're disseminated they're the they're the they're academia they're the experts they write the books that the professors read to teach the, and then and they take that heavy language you're talking about which is their jargon and then they reinterpret it and try to make it simple for their students to get and then they disseminate, you know, and then by the time it gets to us, it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting this message that started out only for them. Because in every, you know, the, even in Christianity, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a funny thing called, we call it uh, Christianese. <laughs> it's, a show, it's like a little joke, inside joke. And it's Christianese. It's like certain things that only, you have to be in it to understand. Mm-hmm. And I think that every group has it. And I'm going to, yeah, the garters of language. Why don't, why can't we just, yeah, without, without going nuts here, say, yeah, they, they're, the, they're the ones who are initiating it. They're disseminating it. And, they're, and their origin sources of it, you know, those books that you're talking about, was that an expensive book? Uh, no, I believe it was uh, less than $10. <laughs> All right, because most of those uh, are like, you know, sixty bucks. Oh, you're talking about cultural narcissism? No. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, it was about you know twenty twenty five bucks. All right, and it was used probably. Yes. Okay, it was probably originally those type of weighty books. You know, with this language, they're they're. I know. Talk about they're also priced out of our range. Sure. Okay, and those are, those are probably the only books that those people at that intellectual level will read. Hmm. And it, and to tell you the truth, the circles are so damn small, they're probably giving them to each other, and then charging <laughs> sixty for the for the students. All yeah, the professors for are sure. probably just exchanging, like, 
you know, here, 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 you know, here. and send, sending 10 copies. Why? Because they're not only are they, at that point, they're disseminating in a sort of propaganda way right? their take on something. So they have to probably, you know, and then they make it high priced for anybody else. So there is something there. I mean, I've never thought about this in my life, to be quite honest with you, till just now. Um, but uh, I, I think we got a comment here. Want to do one more comment and then hit the road? Because we are kind of... Uh, yeah, let me just say something real quick that, well, look, the invention of different languages and new terms and stuff like that. Um, did you want to throw this one up, Mike, here? Yeah, I didn't even that, read it. We hit it on it before. When a word is mis- or overused to the point of dilution, that many people think the only solution is to create a new word or replace yeah, the former. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, like some of that is natural. Like, uh, you know, obviously people in colonial Japan we're not speaking to people in colonial America. So yeah, they had a, di they have a different language. Um, and yeah, sometimes new things emerge and we need to have a new term for it. That's natural, but that's aside from the question of what are the guiding principles of a society and who are the individuals, uh, disseminating those guiding principles. And obviously education is important, but, like rights and wrongs said, there's a certain gatekeeping to that that will not only keep knowledge from people, but it will discourage people from seeking knowledge, be they deep truths or otherwise, and it will enable them to act selfish and to bring it full circle, yeah. do not bring love into the world. So they say, well, look, I'm not a smart guy, so I, I could never really affect anything in the world, so I don't care. I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to all the time. And that yep. is very dangerous, and it's very much the world that we live in today, which is uh, unfortunate. And, and listen, I'd like to jump right in on that wave because it also makes me think of, in within a lot of religious circles, demonizing intellectualism, Right. But it's it's because of splitting thinking. It's black or white. It's this or that. There's no colors and there's no gray. It's black mm. or white. It's this or that. So they may see that side of intellectualism that we're talking about. And I and I you know listen. If everyone anyone wants to start a conspiracy, I'm not going to stop you. Tower of, <laughs> Tower of Babel. And then you can even think of the ivory tower that we talk about the intellectuals sitting on with the privilege uh, yes, sitting there. Of course. Ivory tower, Babel tower, <laughs> languages split uh -huh. to separate people. I'm giving you the foundations of your, your conspiracy if you want to start one. Um, so go, go ahead. I'm not going to stop you. Um, but if you look at it, that kind of splitting thinking, you know, the intellect is not evil. It's not terrible, but sure, it can be used for bad. And this is where I want, I'm just trying to balance things out. You know, yeah. the, the Bible, it's not evil. It's, there's, there's a lot of stories. There's, there's some wild ideas about this really monster God. But then there's this also super grace-filled God that Jesus talks. You can basically take your pick, you know. There's a yeah. hundred roads in there to take. <laughs> yes. So it's, it's not evil or good within itself. It's within mm -hmm. you that you're going to take that. And I want to say, you know, language is not evil within itself. Uh, the, the tower is not evil and the separation is not evil. It's what happens with that because the, that can even be flipped on its head and used in a way to unite. 
there's it's always going to end up you know because the the danger in conspiracies and i know i was joking about it and everything is that you point outward the danger mm -hmm. with religious uh, people they point outward they're never digging in they're never you know really trying to transform themselves they're trying to transform everyone else it's like a job for them to worry about everyone else and do whatever they want and that can happen in any context and that's all i'm trying to highlight here if you're going to be like, oh, they're evil, there's the language, it's a conspiracy, that guy's the devil, he's the Antichrist, <laughs> and you're going to constantly be pointing outside, that's, I'm just saying, you can do it. I've even gave you a whole new uh, conspiracy to start a, a whole YouTube channel, but all I'm saying is, that's not an inward search, that's not anything inside. Oh, uh, we got to put this up. We were going to end, but let's pop this up. Well, as an atheist, I did want to say that I enjoyed the show for all belief systems. Atheist, Christian, and other has all suffer from gatekeeping to some extent that needs to be recognized. And uh, Well said, dear Well, friend. we've been looking for an atheist to come on the show. True. And I, we believe in, in synchronicity. Are we having a crossover episode right now? And I think that if you'd like to come on our show rights and wrongs podcast we'd love to have you um because we feel the same way and and i'll i'll even admit to you that i don't know if you know about the uh the club geez what's it called the club whatever app you know that everybody's on now oh clubhouse clubhouse i've been a quiet little little fly on the wall in some atheist rooms i would not interject because i didn't think it was right you know because i'm not an atheist and i didn't think it was my place but i got on from a genuine place and I'll tell you, man, some of the most empathetic, caring, some of them willing to raise uh, their children, even in faith, and let them decide. I mean, I've, I've never heard that kind of empathy in religious circles and that mm. kind of. So I think from my perspective, I learned something by being a fly on the wall. And um, I think atheists got a bad rap. I think they're misjudged. I think they came to a conclusion, just like anyone else, and I really would love to have more of a dialogue with atheists, you know, but not in a way to, me and Derek talked about this already, so it's like basically me, me and Eric, uh, Derek have kind of come to this conclusion, and I would love to uh, do it, not in a way to be like, you know, I'm over here to prove that there's more than what we see and or you're here to prove that there is nothing it's just no but to like really talk and to like uh to be you know to be brothers and sisters to be together on, on this my, i may view what the togetherness in a different way and you may view it in another way and that's fine like that's not even important you know mm -hmm. so if you'd like to come on the show um, you can email us, uh, Derek. What's our email on Gmail? <laughs> uh, it's contentcontentny at Gmail. Thank I can you. reach out on Twitch too. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can set something up because we yeah, need to do it. I'd love that because we've been wanting to do that. And we have a slot open. I think it's maybe March 17th. What's he got? The uh, rights and wrongs process to explore rights, privileges, and misconceptions. So you are more than welcome on mine as well. Hey. 
Look at that. We're building community here on Content Content. There we folks. go. Can't say we didn't. All right, Mike, we got to get the heck out of here. Yes, we're we do. We're time here. Wait, but we can't leave without the, the leaving music. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, so thank you to everybody who uh, checked out the episode today. It will be available tomorrow on Spotify, Apple, and all that stuff. Um, Tuesday, I'll be back with Chapter 4 of... Uh, Alan Watts' The Book. Again, uh, you can catch up on the uh, earlier chapters on YouTube. Or you could just jump right into Chapter 4. Like I said, uh, they're all yes. individually uh, quite nice. On Wednesday, who's on the Wednesday show this week, Mike? We've got Bobby Bishop, an old friend of mine. He's a he's a social worker. Uh, he's a interesting person and a good friend of mine. And he's one of the few people uh, that were not judgmental towards me being a, a former secular artist when I came into the Christian world and uh, we've remained friends uh, since since probably 2005 2004 maybe even and uh, mm. just just a great guy uh, I, I want to get into some stuff with him from a whole another perspective within religious circles of someone who I found that was within those circles who never displayed any of that bad behavior mm. that, I, that I'm so critical of. And so I mm. thought it was cool. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to even it out here. You know, there, there are, right. so, there's, there's not, and that's the other thing too. There's, there's not all bad actors within nope. those circles, you know, within nope. every circle. And, and, and that's why I thought it was important to have uh, Bobby on because that's going to be a whole nother take on the situation of someone from within it who sees what's going on and chose to have a different take on it. Yes. So I thought that was kind of a good idea. Well, I think that's going to be another great episode, Mike. Um, we did some good work here today. And yeah, happy Valentine's Day, man. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And happy ha- anniversary happy, to you, Thank too. you. And happy anniversary to my wife again. 21 years. Woo! And, and happy anniversary to Content Content. One year. One year. All right. <laughs> We're, we're still we're still we're still honeymoon in here. That's right. 